Yo, 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 what is up, party people? My name is Sage Lewis. This is the Sage Against the Machine podcast. Oh, it is. It is. You can't deny it. There are certain things that are a fact, and that the fact is that this is the Sage Against the Machine podcast. You know, I would love to do, like, a radio, a morning drive show. I would love it. I would love to get up at 6 a.m., And do this every morning. Because, honest to God, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or... Those guys suck. The morning drive people suck so hard, I don't know why they think we want that. I mean, do you guys want that? Is that what you want? You want the the morning zoo? The morning zoo? Ugh, so gross. So gross. Um, there is a, what is it, WNIR? Hold on. What is that show? What is that? WNIR, WNIR. Is that the one? I think this is it. So, yeah, never mind. Yeah, another quality transition by Sage Lewis. So, is this the one? WNIR? Um, okay, so here is the deal. A One of these morning radio hosts in a, in a local Akron radio station retired. Is this it? The morning buzz? I think it is. I think it's the morning buzz. W-N-I-R, the morning buzz. W-N-I-R, morning buzz. There it is. Let's go look. I think this was it. And like, hold on. Uh, W-N-I-R, morning buzz, retired. Uh, Steve French. Yeah, there it is. This was it. Or wait, was it Jim? Steve, I think it was this. Jim Isabella? I don't know. I can't remember. Okay, Way's Future. Maybe it was this guy. It looks like this guy. Look at that. He has a picture of Medina. I know that. I know that, that courthouse anywhere. Yeah, it says radio personality Jim Isabella has parted ways, been off the air for a couple of weeks, nursed a bad leg, in the end of decided amicably, hopes to do three to five Facebook events per week. Biggest sticking point, negation of the freedom to work elsewhere without a non-compete clause. Uh, he began his full-time job in 2012. Uh, I am able to have dinner with my wife. I haven't been able to do that for eight years. That sort of sucks. Uh, so sick in the hospital. Anyways, was it, was it, was it this guy or was it this guy? Was it this Steve French? Yeah, maybe it's Steve French. Let's see. Uh, Steve French announced retirement. Vast knowledge, everything, beer, wine, music, but he had a great sense of humor. Uh, Okay, Klaus added that the station is... This is it. This is it. Um, Klaus added that the station is now looking for more people to jump into the talent pool. Okay? Um, Morning Buzz Retire Audition. Let me see. Audition. 2022. Yeah, see, here it is. Um, I think... This, all right, look, this is what I think. I can't remember. I thought it was this show. I thought it was, um, I thought it was WNIR, okay? I clearly have one whole viewer and my little thing over here says zero viewers. That's, that means that's not right. Ugh. All right, get rid of that. Chat box doesn't work. 
I was trying to do these cool overlays. Couldn't get it done. So they had this thing, okay, where they were like, hey, we're going to audition people for this slot. And I'm like, this is it. This is my chance. This is my chance. My big breakout moment. And I wrote them and I'm like, please consider me. Please, please, please. I want to be on your show so bad. I want to be in the radio. Just let me come by really quick. Let's see if I'm a good fit for your team. I think I can really help sell advertisement. I think people will listen. They didn't call me. They didn't say, hey, thanks, Sage, but no thanks. Just no word. Now, a few months ago, a few months ago, a friend of mine wrote, and he's like, hey, Sage, there's this homeless organization up in Cleveland that is looking for three new positions. Like, I don't know. Three homeless positions. They're like, this group is an outreach program. They uh, do really great things in the homeless community. I'm going to write you a recommendation. I really think you should get on there. I really think you should apply for those jobs. To which I said, cool. I'll try that. That sounds good. Maybe I can make homelessness a career. I put together a resume, super nice resume, sent it out, nothing, nothing, no word, zero words, not, uh, hey, thanks, but no thanks, just nothing. As far as I can recall, and I could be wrong about this, but I think I'm true. I have been employed with a traditional job. I'm 51 years old now. I have been employed one time. One time. And that was for being, no, two times. I think about it, twice. Both times, substitute teaching. Substitute teaching. I was a substitute teacher at Akron Public Schools, and I was a substitute teacher at Spring Garden Waldorf School. I was over at East High School once, and uh, this teacher comes up to me, she's super pregnant, and she's like, hey, Sage, um, I'm going on maternity leave, and I need a long-term sub. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, what do you teach? She's like, I'm a biology teacher. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I, I don't know anything about biology. And she's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> she says, the kids like you. And what's matter, what's important here is that we get a substitute. And then I figured it out. I'm like, oh, it's only one reason I got this substitute job. They're desperate. I mean, desperate, desperate. I, I think if they had had any choice in the matter, They wouldn't have hired me. There's just such a desperate need for substitutes that they even hired me. Made me feel really good, though, considering I got a job. I'm like, wow. Turns out I don't like substitute teaching. Turns out I don't like a group of kids. I, it's too many. It's too many kids. They'll, 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 I, I'm, they, they scare me. Yeah, I was in this, uh, I think, I don't know where I was, some inner city middle school, and I'm pretty sure this middle school girl 
was going to uh, Lord of the Flies me. She, this girl walked up to me. She has her biology book. It was a biology book. I don't know why biology. She has this big biology book. And she stands in front of me. And she slams it on the ground. Like super loud. Like wham. And it makes a huge noise. And everybody like quiet. And she's like, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, oh, she got me. What am I going to do about it? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? This room, I was in the science wing. It had one of these emergency showers, like if you got chemicals on you. They turned it on. It turns out they didn't plummet right. The, the water didn't drain to the drain. They filled the classroom with water. I'm like, this is a nightmare. This is a total nightmare. I'm like, I'll take homeless people any day of the week over these middle schoolers. And I'm like, that's good. I'm done. I'm done. Although I was just talking to my wife about it. They're like, I, she's like, I think they pay $200 a day now. And I'm like, you know, I could just go in there and I'd be like, look, it's phone day. You're on your phone. I'm on my phone. No killing each other. No screaming. I don't care what you do. And we're good. Because that's what I realized. They just need raw meat. They just need bodies. To run that. Those freaking. Uh. To be on those, to, to, to be a substitute. They just need bodies. And I'm like, that doesn't count. Getting hired as a substitute teacher doesn't mean I, somebody would actually hire me. It all became clear one day, several years ago, many years ago, 10 years ago, I don't know how many years ago, some years ago. I and a, an employee of mine, okay, went to Panera Bread to meet a client who incidentally, his nickname was Weasel in high school and he seemed really proud of it. And uh, he... We're talking, you know, over about his account, his like online marketing account. And he kind of stops the, the conversation and he says to my employee right in front of me, hey, why don't you just come work for me? And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. Why are you offering a job to her and not me? I mean, that was a shitty thing to do right in front. At least he could do is do it on the side. He didn't give a fuck. He didn't care. He was an asshole. But I learned something. He said, you, Sage, are too much of a loose cannon. And I'm like, oh, there it is. There it is. Loose cannon, Sage. That's me. Loose cannon. I am not a good fit for corporate America. Why? Because I'm pretty sure they don't think they can control me. Which is not true at all. You just see this side of me. You see this, me doing this, saying this. I'm a good worker. I have clients all, I've had clients for years and years and years. 
They like me. I'm very pliable when I'm working. But I think they're scared of me. They don't want me in their organization. Probably think I'll start a union, which I probably would. (laughs) But I do think that's why I would be a good fit for um, political office. Because I think the people will put me in. Because they just want to see what I'm going to do inside the system. That's the beauty of democracy, ladies and gentlemen. That's the beauty of democracy. Is that the system does not have the ability to turn you away. The people put you in there. It's a radical idea, democracy, if you think about it. It's a radical idea that the people are the boss. It's kind of like communism, if you think about it, isn't it? Communism is uh, putting the means of of production in the hands of the people. Meaning... People are in charge. The people decide what to do. Private property, like monarchies, are problematic because, you know, it's easy for corruption. If there's no oversight, if the people have no oversight, then... They can do whatever, I mean, the monarchy can do whatever they want. And that's what private businesses are. They're monarchies. Um, I am not a communist. A communist friend of mine said, I thought you were a communist. No, I'm not a communist. Um, I need to write that down. Hold on. 17, not a communist. 17, because I might do a clip. 17, not a communist. I'm going to try and do clips. All right. I am not a communist. And you should be able to look at me pretty easily and understand that I am not a communist. I think the communists would throw me out. I run businesses, I have employees, I have rental properties, I am a capitalist, and I think that that should be pretty obvious. Now, why am I not a communist? The <laughs> There's a couple reasons. The first reason is, have you ever worked in an organization where the people are in charge? Um, Co-ops and, uh, you know, there's just, there are organizations like a, like a nonprofit, for example, you know, what I can tell you is that. First of all, most people don't want to be in charge. They're busy doing other things. And when you're in charge, what means that means is you got to have a hell of a lot of meetings. You got to meet and talk about the organization and then you have to go back and do your work. I'm telling you, people most people don't want that added responsibility. I'm just telling you how it is. Secondly, they don't want to make the tough calls. They want a scapegoat. They want to put the blame on somebody. Let's fire that CEO. If they have to make the tough decisions, they're going to be the people 
that are going to be scapegoated. <laughs> um, and secondly, or thirdly, or whatever order, I am a reformer. I'm not an anarchist. I believe capitalism is fine. It's fine. I haven't seen an idyllic communist example, and they'll be like, well, it's because uh, blah, blah, blah. It's because America ruins it. It's because this is that's not really communism. Blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen it. They've tried it, and I haven't seen it. It's got its own problems. There's corruption, cruelty, inhumanity, all that crap. I don't think by switching the economic system from capitalism to communism, all of a sudden you have a built-in utopia where everybody's going to look out for their fellow human being. No. We got greedy sons of bitches out here that want, uh, you know, they want money, they want power. it's, It's built into their DNA. And they don't care what system they've got. They're going to try and get it. So I don't believe it that communism is the solution. Personally, this is what I think. Capitalism is a game. Okay? Capitalism is a game. And the deal is you just have to set the rules. Okay? For example, could there be a rule where you have to pay a livable wage? Now, that's a complicated situation right there. Because that makes it harder for small businesses to start. Because a livable wage, what is a livable wage in America? Let's see. What is a livable wage in America today? Woo! The median annual livable wage defined as the minimum amount you need to cover expenses while saving for retirement is $61,000 per household. Oh, wow. What's a livable wage? Uh, California's livable wage is $19 or $40,000 a year for an individual. Okay. A family of four, $101,000. Okay. So, uh, here, let's look at this. Ohio, $46,000. Is this by, for each state, livable wage, livable wage. Is that by household or by person? How much will it cost you to actually live in each state? Uh, It says, more specifically, the income needed to support two adults and one kid. Okay? Two adults and one kid. $57,000 over here. 48,000, 52,000, okay? Now, if you're going to have a one-income family, that means you're going to have to make basically $50,000, okay? $50,000. What we found out over here, it's about, well, $40,000 is about $20 an hour. Okay. We'll call it $20 an hour. Let's call it, you're going to need at least $20 an hour. So could you make the rule be, if you're going to have employees, you got to pay them $20 an hour. And this is where the sticky wicket comes, okay? If you're a worker, that's cool. 
That's good. Wow. Doesn't matter where I go. I'm going to make $20 an hour. Starting at $20 an hour. That's good. If you want to start a business, that's bad. I think. Or maybe it's not. So you could be like, all right, I am going to start a window washing company. Okay. I am going to pay people um, $20 an hour. It takes me three hours to wash windows. Okay. We'll just say it's three hours to wash a regular house of windows. Let's call it, let's call it four hours. It's a half day. It's a half day. It's four hours. That's $80 in uh salary. Okay. You pay somebody $80. You charge $200. You made $120. You didn't have to touch a window. You didn't have to get up on a ladder. All you had to do was be like, you were the middleman. Somebody called you and said, hey, I want my windows washed. You called your window washer and you're like, hey, go and wash those windows. He's like, all right, I'll be over tomorrow. Eve earns $80. You earn $120. That seems fair, doesn't it? Don't you think somebody would pay you $200 to wash all the windows in their house? I bet it costs more than that. Okay. Let's figure out McDonald's. $20 an hour. How many burgers? You got four people over there. Let's say you got four people running. Let's call it five people. It's $100 an hour. It's $100 an hour. Okay. For four, five, five. Five people at McDonald's. It's $100 an hour to, to for employees. Can you make $100 an hour at McDonald's? I bet you can make $100 an hour at 3 o'clock in the afternoon from 3 to 4. Average order is probably $15. Can you run 10 orders through there? I bet. And then at lunch and at dinner, can you do a hundred orders? Could you do a hundred orders at lunch at McDonald's? That would I'd say call it ten dollars. That's a thousand dollars. Okay. An eight hour shift, that was eight hundred dollars. You made you covered the expense just on lunch. I don't know. May, I think it's possible. I think it is possible that we could be paying people $20 an hour. Now, so, but, and here's where it's not so much capitalism as it's lobbyists. It's almost democracy. Okay? It's not the capitalism that's the problem. It might end up being the democracy that's the problem. Because... A person says, hey, I want to be governor. And people are like, cool, you're going to be a great governor. Oh, man, we would definitely, we would definitely. Or I want to be a senator. I want to be a representative, a state rep, house of rep, representatives. Yeah, man. I would love for you to be that. Oh, thanks. I'll help your campaign. I'll help your campaign. And then, you know, they help the campaign. They give them a bunch of money. Then they get dark money to help them. And they get elected. And then here it comes. The fast food lobby. It's like, hey, man. I hear there's a bill coming up for minimum wage. uh, $20 an hour. We can't afford that, man. I mean, that's going to ruin our industry. That's that is unfeasible. Can you 
what can I mean? What's your what are you feeling on that? Are you gonna vote for that? Like, I don't know, man. It's a complicated issue. I mean, we know. I mean, I read a stat. It says you got to make fifty thousand dollars as a livable wage in my state. Like, yeah, man. I I know it's hard out there. So fifty thousand dollars. I mean, twenty dollars an hour doesn't even cover that full time. Like, I know, man. It's hard, but we're not going to survive. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to think about it. And then here, now the screws get turned. Now they're going to start turning the screws. And they're like, um, oh, look, man, I don't mean to be this way, but fast food lobby is solidly against this $20 an hour deal. And, uh, we need you to vote against that. You're like, man, I don't know, man. I no, 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 no. We don't ask for much. You need to vote against the twenty dollar an hour thing. And then guess what happens? If he votes against it, they help him get reelected. If he votes for it, they find another patsy, another representative you get it right i don't need to explain this all to you do i i don't need to explain this all to you so It might not actually be the democracy. I mean, it might not be the capitalism. It might be the democracy. Because we know that money influences campaigns. And money comes from people with money, which are lobbyists and corporations. And now you got you know, you're in a bad spot, aren't you? Now we're in a bad, bad, bad spot talking like this. So maybe we need a benevolent dictator, huh? Is that what we need? Somebody that will say, hey, you're going to pay $20 an hour. And he might do it. So, you know, because... Happy people mean there's no uprisings. He doesn't have to murder his his uh, people, you know. You see what's going on over in Iran right now? They got all these uprisings. It's a big hassle. They got bad uh, global recognition. It's just a pain. You got to murder. You don't want to murder your people. Your people make you money. Like they go out and they till your fields. They do all this stuff. And there's a risk that you could your whole government could crumble, you know? I mean, what if an outsider like America comes in and wants to play a part of your uprising? And that's bad news. It's bad news. So you don't want that. So you're like, you know what? Cost forty costs uh fifty thousand dollars to live here in uh in uh Ohio, twenty five dollars an hour. Every job, I hereby decree, every job in Ohio starts at $25 an hour. And then you just make it work. There's no voting. There's no debate. I don't know. It's a risk, right? Democracy is messy. Maybe it's the democracy problem. But let me tell you a little something that I've learned about politics. Politicians can do things that are dictatorial, you know? From what I understand, this abortion law, not very uh, popular. It's pop generally. You know, some people love it, but some more people, I think, are not totally for it. Let me tell you about local politics here in Akron. A couple years ago, Mayor Horgan 
went around and said, hey, we need to make the primary elections from August to May. And the reason we're going to do that is two reasons. It's going to give overseas veterans more opportunity to vote in the primary. I don't remember how that works, but it does. And it's going to save money because we already had an election in May. It's going to reduce elections. It's going to save money. We have found, and it passed. We have found that it has done neither of those things. It has not increased uh, absentee voterism from veterans, and it has not saved us money. He did not do it for those reasons. He did it because it makes it harder to campaign. Because if you have an election in August, you get to campaign all summer. Get to do the parades. You get to go house to house. You're walking around. It's nice outside. If you have an election in May, the campaigning happens all winter. And let me tell you, I'm out there on my bicycle, 40 degrees in rain. It's not nice. It's not nice. There's no parades. There's no park events. People are indoors. That's good for an incumbent because then the somebody running against them is going to have a much harder time campaigning because the campaign season um is basically shorter and harder. Well, it turns out Dan Horgan doesn't like being mayor very much. He's not running. So now there is no incumbent. And so now everybody has to campaign over the winter. And who do you think is going to campaign harder, an insider or an outsider? An insider feels more entitled. Like, I'm going to get all of the, the, everybody's going to just endorse me. The party's going to endorse me. The unions are going to endorse me. And uh, I'm going to get a ton of money from, corporations the problem is voters still have to vote for you and if they're inside and not paying attention it's going to be a lot harder for your name to get out there because I'm here to tell you In a local election, in many elections, the way you win is knocking on doors. You knock on doors. And how many of these insiders are going to want to get out there in the middle of the winter after making, you know, they're making $130,000 for doing jack shit, doing nothing, because they already had their, you know, they're insiders. They've already got the cushy jobs. They're going to get out there and knock on thousands of doors. You know who's knocking on doors? Shamus Malik. Shamus Malik. This guy's a machine. Let's see if I can find him. Shamus Malik. Here he is. Let's go over here and look at. Let's see what kind of. Let's see what he's got. Let's see here. Uh. Let's see. Do do do. There he is. There he is. There's Shamus Malik on the street. People tell me they see him walking around downtown. This guy is a machine. He's out there pounding the pavement. Look, you don't graduate from Harvard Law School 
unless you are super competitive and super driven. Okay? That sweet boyish smile is hiding a killer. I mean, not, not a murderer. I'm not saying that. A winner. This guy is out to win. I don't know about his competitors. I don't know if they're ready to win. We'll see. We'll see. My money's on Shamus Malik because that guy is competitive. He wants to win. He's going to be a senator. That's what I think. That's what I think. He will win by sheer force of power and will. That's what I think. And he can raise money. Mm, mm, mm. And so my point is, you got to be careful what you wish for. Because sometimes you get it. And what I'm getting at here is, now that the primary is in May instead of August, the outsiders, I think it favors the outsiders. Because if you don't have, if you don't have an incumbent, you got to grind, baby. You got to grind. You got to grind. And Shamus Malik can grind. I know it. I know he can. I know he can. Uh, And I don't know that his competition can. And I think outsiders, I think we're going to see Akron go left. I think we're going to push it to the left. Okay? That's what I think. That's what I think. Um, it's tricky, you know, it's tricky. All right. I want to talk a minute about Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Where did Jeffrey Dahmer grow up? Bath, Ohio. Jeffrey Dahmer, childhood home in Bath, Ohio, where musician Chris Butler now lives. What? Dahmer was convicted of murder in 1992 and was beaten to death in two years. Uh, let's see. wonder if you can um, find... Oh, there it is. Here it is. Jeffrey grew up in this house located at 4480 West Bath Road in Akron. Let's go look at it. Let's go Let's go look at Jeffrey Dahmer's house on Google Maps. Okay? Now, just to give you an idea, Okay, where do I live? Where's Where's Market? Where is Market? Bath, Fairlawn. Okay, okay. Um, I live over here. Hold on, I'm gonna. I don't want to put in my address, but I want to put in Jeffrey Dahmer's address. I live six point seven miles away from Jeffrey Dahmer's house. Okay. I live 6.7 miles away from Jeffrey Dahmer's house. No. Hold on. Let's look at it. Okay. Is this the house? 4480 West Bath Road. There's 4468. Is this it? 4470. Where is it? Is this it? This is it. Let's see, can you see the address? Ah! I think this is it, right here. 
up this road, okay? Oh, isn't that nice? It's a nice country road, Bath Road. There it is. Idyllic. He went to Revere. Revere, a uh, pretty hoity-toity place. Are you watching the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff on Netflix? I just finished the series, the 10-episode series. I was riveted. Riveted, I say. Now, the reason I was riveted was for many reasons. First of all, Jeffrey Dahmer, crazy as fuck. Crazy, crazy. You take Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter ain't got nothing on Jeffrey Dahmer. That's all I'm saying. Jeffrey Dahmer was doing stuff to corpses. You wouldn't even think to do. Jeffrey Dahmer doing crazy stuff. It's crazy. You can't even believe it. You're like, what am I watching? I can't even believe this guy. Just, I, I'm not even going to get into it. You go watch the episode series if you want to know. I Just know this. It's the craziest shit you've ever heard in your life. I'm telling you. I challenge you to come up with crazier things to do to human bodies. I challenge you. I don't think you can do it. I do not think you can out-crazy Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think you can do it. I don't even think you can imagine it. That's what I think. Now, this show is problematic. My wife tells me that the victims, families, hate it. They don't want it on. They don't want it. They don't want to be a part of it. They didn't ask for this. The show didn't ask them permission. They just did the show. And they featured their loved ones very prominently. The other problem is a lot of them are black and gay. So there you go again. Black people not having a say in shit. Not very uh, woke, if you ask me. Jeffrey Dahmer's series, not very woke. Didn't give a fuck about the black victims and victim families. Okay? Apparently, they're not giving any of the money to the victims either. I don't know where the money's going, but it's not going to the victims. Nothing. Didn't talk. I don't know. That's what my wife tells me. If I'm wrong, you let me know. That's what my wife says. She says, I read about it. The victims, nobody cares. That's a problem. The other problem is you're humanizing the craziest serial killer maybe in the history of humanity. Okay? Humanizing him. Jeffrey Dahmer series. Look at some pictures. Look at some pictures. There he is. There he is. Uh, absolutely, positively, Jeffrey Dahmer is a multidimensional character in this series. He is absolutely not a two-dimensional, two-dimension, two-dimension, two-dimensional, two-dimensional evil villain. He absolutely has been humanized in this show. I thought we weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> when we have these serial killers, the, the, uh, when we do the, the school killings, we're not supposed to talk about the killers anymore. Just the victims. This show is all about... Here, look at what it says here. BBC. Netflix Jeffrey Dahmer attracts huge ratings and strong reactions. Let's see what they say. It's about a serial killer. Huge viewing figures, but also criticism from people who say it's insensitive. 
Rapper Boozy Badass tweeted, as black people, we should boycott the show. What he did to our black kids is sick. Can't deny what, can't deny rapper Boozy Badass. Can't, no. Killed 17 boys and young men, many of whom are black and gay. The sisters of one of his victims described monster, described monster the Jeffrey Dahmer stories as harsh and careless. Reed Isbell, whose brother Errol Lindsay was 19 when he killed, gave an emotional victim impact statement in court in 92, said she was not informed it would be recreated in Ryan Murphy's 10-part series. She told Insider, when I saw some of the show, it bothered me, especially when I saw myself, when I saw my name come across the screen and this lady saying verbatim exactly what I said. They say, that's just greed. She said Netflix should have given some of the money from the show to the victim's children's grandchildren. If the show benefited them in some way, wouldn't feel so harsh and careless. It's sad they're just making money out of this tragedy. That's just great. Last week, Lindsay's cousin says the family were unhappy. It's re-traumatizing over and over again. For what? How many movie shows, documentaries do we need? Yeah, the react, the recreating my cousin's emotion. Okay, okay. Does anybody give uh, record ratings? Been criticized for initially categorizing as an LBGTQ show. <laughs> Controversy has not stopped. Uh, as for response, it's official synopsis says the expose, the series exposes these unconscionable crimes centered around the undeserved victims and their communities impacted by the systemic racism and institutional failures of the police that allowed one of the America's most notorious serial killers to continue his murderous spree. That was the big deal, right? Uh, one of his victims escaped a 14 year old boy and they took him back. Woo! Woo! Reviews of the show have been mixed. Almost unwatchably queasy. He wrote, worst of all, by some degree, it's, is the show's choice of focus. The one good thing a show like this can do is steal the spotlight from the murder and show that people were actually were. But Dahmer, for the most part, unfortunately, too infatuated with its star attraction. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter called an infuriating hodgepodge, reducing most of the victims in their family to uh, their pain and is closer to exploiting the pain. Okay, uh, and that's the end. That's it. Now, I have some... Uh, it says, how do the Swedes survive without small talk? And there they go. They're just selling hot women and corgis. It's hot women and corgis. See, they're all doing it. Do you see this? See the problem here? Look, they're like, oh, this is unconscionable. Oh, look, a pretty woman. Oh, look, another pretty woman. Oh, there's a corgi. It's an advertisement. So screw you and all your uh, liberal bullshit. Okay. This is my take on it. This is my take on the Jeffrey Dahmer show. Okay. 56. My take. Hold on. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm writing down things. All right. This is my take on the Jeffrey Dahmer show. I loved it. And you should watch it. It does indeed humanize perhaps the most gruesome serial killer in the history of humanity. I'm no expert. I don't know that for sure, but it sure seems like he would be up there. Can't deny that. But if you know anybody gruesomer, please let me know. It gives no money to the victims. It uh, did not ask their permission. Didn't ask their permission for anybody. This is why I like it. I could see myself in every one of those people. I could see myself in the victims. I could see myself in uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's father. I could see myself in Jeffrey Dahmer's inattentive mother. And most of all, I could see myself in Jeffrey Dahmer. Now, I don't, <laughs> not saying I got an infatuation with roadkill or, it's not like that. What I'm saying is, we all 
have dark sides. All of us. And most of us don't act on them. Here comes a spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear this, then whatever. But at one point in the show, Jeffrey Dahmer's dad said, you know, I think he got this from me. I think because I had ideas like this when I was his age. I thought about these kinds of things. But then his second wife is like, but you didn't act on them. He's like, I know, but he probably got them from me. And that's a symbolic point in the show. All of the evil people in society are not becoming evil, for lack of a better word. I don't know if there's evil. Is Jeffrey Dahmer evil? They don't come up in a vacuum. There's many reasons why people become who they become, whether good or bad. Another famous Akronite, now technically Dahmer is not an Akronite, he's from Bath, but, you know, very close, is, uh, I promise, school founder, LeBron James. LeBron James' mother uh, was uh, a, a used crack. And uh, in fourth grade, he was absent 100 days. Now, the parallels are both of these people are on the extreme sides of everything. Jeffrey Dahmer had unbelievably extreme, terrible ideologies. LeBron James may be the greatest basketball player to ever live. If LeBron James had not been taken in by one of his coaches to live when he went to St. Vincent, St. Mary, it is quite possible, very possible, we would not have had LeBron James. It's quite possible. Could have died, could have gone to jail. LeBron James was cultivated. I believe, to some extent, Jeffrey Dahmer was cultivated. Okay? By many things. They say that his mom was taking some weird medication. They showed his dad being kind of not around when he was young. Cultivated. I believe these things are often cultivated. Do you know, you've ever heard people say, what if they had let Hitler go to art school? Cultivated. I believe nature and nurture work together. The message isn't let's celebrate Jeffrey Dahmer. The message is let's not let a Jeffrey Dahmer happen again. When a black woman calls the police 50 times and they disregard every one of her calls because she says some crazy crap is going on next door in her apartment building and nothing happens, let's not let that happen again. When you find a young person who is attracted to things like roadkill and murder and 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 has sociopathic tendencies, let's not ignore it. Because maybe you can change the trajectory of that person's life for good or for bad. People do not live in a vacuum. I feel that's the message. And I feel that we all have responsibilities 
to the people around us in our communities. And we have responsibilities to ourselves to listen to our internal talk and to know when we maybe need help. Not just when we're thinking about committing suicide, which is which is talked about a lot, but what about we have uh, fantasy ideations about uh, rape or, or 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 pedophilia or murder, but we're too afraid to go talk to somebody about it? Or what about if you're the father and you see these things? And you're too afraid to get help. This is how, on the terrible side, you get a Jeffrey Dahmer. And on the great side, with help, you get a LeBron James. I believe the show is important. I believe the show is valuable. Um, And... May I say, what if you can humanize the most brutal person imaginable? Had 14-year-old boy in his house. Not only did he drill holes in his head and murder him and probably had sex with his intestines, I'm sure he raped him and did everything to him. Jeffrey Dahmer is the icon of, of everything we're supposed to hate. And what if you walk out at the end of that show and say, wow, I wonder if somebody could have helped that kid. Then you have to ask yourself, maybe hate isn't the answer. Maybe because uh, I'll say this, like, you know, a lot of people, I talk about pedophiles because my, uh, best childhood friend is a pedophile and spending life in prison. So it's a topic that's close to me. Um, and he was a pedophile most likely because he was abused as a kid. Not saying that happens to everybody, but I am saying that that does sometimes happen. And instead of hating him, What if we said, hey, I wonder if next time we could see this either in ourselves or in a family member or a friend and stop it from happening. The only way that's going to happen is to let go of the hate. Because if you hate them, then you don't care. You're like, they should die. Well, fine. Jeffrey Dahmer died, but not before doing all those terrible, terrible, terrible things. You got your wish. Jeffrey Dahmer's dead. Congratulations. That hardly matters to the 19 people he tortured and brutalized and 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 and, and just unbelievable things. Your hate did not protect them. Your hate just filled your heart with hate and vengeance. It did nothing. These people say we should get rid of all the pedophiles on earth. Okay, fine. That does not stop pedophiles from brutalizing their victims. What stops a pedophile from brutalizing their victims is love and empathy and curiosity. And a lack of fear, like in yourself, like, hey, man, I think about this stuff. You know, I think about it a lot. And I think I'm going to go talk to a therapist about this or my priest or somebody. See what they say before you do it. Or you see somebody that, you know, maybe they have weird pictures on their phone. And you're like, hey, man. I think you should talk to somebody. Just, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying you're a bad person, but, you know, I I don't think looking at prepubescent kids on your phone is normal. I think, you know, you should talk to somebody. 
You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, I saw you uh, kill that cat and cut it up. Maybe we should go talk to somebody. Because what we're doing is we're like, hey, man, there's nothing wrong here. Let's just ignore it. Let's just ignore it. Let's just ignore it. And then bad things happen. The Jeffrey Dahmer series does not let us ignore it and hopefully allows us to have civilized conversations that are not based in hate and animosity because that just buries it. When you just hate a pedophile, I hate pedophiles. Pedophiles should die. You know what that's going to do to a person that's thinking about pedophilia? Shutting up. They're going to just stop talking. It's dangerous for somebody that thinks about pedophilia. You lose your job. You, I mean, you could be ostracized by your family because people hate you. They hate you. And so you don't talk about it. You don't say anything. And the next thing you do, then you act on it. And now. So who's to blame? The pedophile or the people that hate the pedophiles that make them go underground? You play a part in pedophilia. The people that hate pedophiles play a part in continuing the cycle of burying pedophiles, making them feel unsafe and unwelcome and hated, and so they don't talk to anybody, and then they act on their instincts. You, we all share blame, and we are all guilty. Okay? That's all. All right, people. I love you. You're awesome. You decide for yourself whether you want to watch the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. That's my take on it. I'll see you later.